Well, hello, you're watching Offbeat Business TV. I'm your host, Susan Hamilton, and today we're talking with another member of the Blue Dragon International Consultants about the new conference debuting here in the Fort Worth area called Developing a Bulletproof Heart and a Bulletproof Mind. You might not understand how that relates to officer training, but when you hear these guys, you're gonna start understanding how it does. And Offbeat Business Media is honored to be part of the community liaison to help you put a face on our officers and recognize they do have a heart, their families in our, are in our communities, and give you an opportunity to come alongside them and support them for excellent training uh, for those active killer shootings. Unfortunately, we're seeing far too many of in our schools and churches, but also for faster recovery. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for Thank being you for here having today. Me. You're listening to the Offbeat Business Show, rebuilding American business influence locally, nationally, and abroad, bringing you experienced insight for a strong, influential brand and successful life in business. Here's your host, Susan Hamilton. Mark Jones, you've come a long way, sir. Yeah, all the way from Kansas City. Wow. And uh, I've lived in a variety of places. I currently practice law in Kansas City, Missouri. I was a prosecutor for 17 years, and I also have done defense work. Uh, I teach in a college, teach criminal law, criminal procedure, constitutional law, those sorts of things. And I've been uh, one of the co-founders of Blue Dragon International uh, for the last year and a half, and I'm thrilled to be here for the conference. Oh, it's exciting to think about the impact you're going to have because we fill this room up. Uh, we have an opportunity to impact probably 2,000 officers. I'm hopeful. That is amazing yes. what we can do. Right. What would happen if our, if our communities can really receive our officers and we can change uh, their opinion? In a, in a very positive way. And I think Texas, overall, we tend to love our officers. But you still hear it all the time, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if we could get 2,000 people, uh, 2,000 officers to come here, your communities are going to be better represented, helped, and the officers themselves, their families mm -hmm. will be helped. And it'll be a positive thing for everybody. And we're excited to be part of that. You know, we just, we do love our officers, and I think most people would say that they do. But we start to wonder sometimes about the choices. Sometimes it just seems like uh, shots are getting fired a little too quickly. We start to see some anger out there or some knee-jerk reactions, at least in the public's eye, it can look like a knee-jerk reaction. Well, they have an incredibly difficult job to do. And most people, if you understand it, and I've been around police officers, I have a number of family members who are first responders, and uh, when they make these decisions, it's split second often, and we very much perf uh, demand perfection from law enforcement mm. people. They can't make mistakes, and obviously you don't want them to make any mistakes no, because it's critical. Yeah. They're, you know, we give them a badge and we give them a gun and we put them out there. But there are men and women who need our help, our support. We need to train them. We need to do everything we can to support them. And that's really what this seminar is about, is supporting them, giving them uh, world-class education, training, uh, and to really come together to give them an opportunity to talk about 
some of the very tough decisions that they have to make and dealing with a lot of the problems they see as police officers. You know, I can tell you firsthand, they've seen a few problems from my home. Uh, I, I raised five kids, and four of my five kids gave us a run for our money. And I was really grateful to have the officers in the community actually support me, because when things got out of hand, when my boys got big, <laughs> they came and calmly subdued those things without any violence, without any hostility, but just their presence. And I was really grateful to know I didn't have to be concerned that it would get out of control. Uh, but a lot of people are concerned about those things, and they wouldn't think that they can call for backup and help. And I think our culture has changed quite a bit. I think our communities may really be experiencing a lot of this. I know when I talk about it in the family business sector, it's actually quite common to have uh, a, a disengagement between the parents and the youth out there, and a lot of it's drug-related, but a lot of it's just the culture today. Yeah. I think what people see, and I was a prosecutor for many years, there is a comfort zone that people have now with the problems that they see on the street. Uh, our society is multicultural. Mm -hmm. Our society has many, many problems. And uh, you expect problems because we're human. We mm -hmm. make mistakes. Our people in society make mistakes. Uh, and you take our institutions, and we're a microcosm of the society. So in law enforcement, they're a microcosm of our society. If we have drug abuse and substance abuse in law enforcement, that's because we're a microcosm of the society. Mm, that's a very good point, sir. And, and so what I have noticed over the years in, in interacting with many people mm -hmm. is that we really shoot our wounded. Mm, that's what yes. we do. Because we demand perfection for people in law enforcement. We demand it. We expect it. We demand it. And what do we do with the people? And I'm not talking about the active shooter, a police officer who defends himself or does something. And, and those happen. And uh, when I was the chief deputy prosecutor in Jackson County, which is the Kansas City Independence metropolitan area, mm -hmm. uh, we had a number of police shootings over the years. We'd have between 90 and 150 homicides just in Kansas City a year. And then we'd have a number in the outlying areas. So those were certainly traumatic for police officers, dealing with shooting. And, you know, you have to kind of wonder, you know, you're saying, well, you know, most of the officers, well, I'm, I'm fine. Well, are you fine because you did your duty? That's great. But the problem of it is, what do you do with that decision? And what do you do with how you're feeling about it? And more importantly, how does that affect you later? And then how does it affect your family, your wife, your husband, your kids, the other people you work with, the people in your church or the people in your social groups? And what we have seen over the years is people withdraw. And you come out of the academy, and I've been doing this a long time, they come out of the academy as wanting to serve people and then they're hardened by the, the police. I mean, can you imagine that you're seeing a 1,000 sex crimes a year if you're a detective in the sex crimes unit? No, I can't rape, imagine that. My uh, goodness. Uh, crimes of violence, brutality in children. I've seen things that I, I'm sure I'll never get out of my head. Um, you know, uh, uh, you, you deal with the death of children. You deal with 
the death of people in car accidents. You deal with the horrible things that happen to people, and it would be a miracle if you don't have post-traumatic stress. And the more you do it, the more you're around it, the more difficult it is. And so what you see, what the statistics tell us, is that people in law enforcement have 60 to 70% divorce rate. They're involved in domestic violence, pornography, drugs, prescription drugs, alcoholism, depression. These are things. And and, And we don't always, as departments and as institutions, deal with it. Because we don't want to deal with that. And then you want to make it even more complicated as we've been fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes, and so in 16 years, we bring back all of these troops, and many of them go into law enforcement. It's logical. They've served, they're, they're trained, and they bring their post-traumatic stress to the police department. And I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't be police officers, But we need, as a community, to reach out to them and help them so that, after all, they're doing their job for us. To protect and serve is on most police cars in some way, shape, or form. And and at some point, they take take it off. Uh, They never take it off their heart, but they take it off and they they wrestle with their kids if, if we... You know, if, if they're hopefully, yeah, if, if they can get, get get some recovery there, um, but their kids are going to school with our kids. They're right. You know, we're we're grocery shopping together. We are going to the soccer games together. We hope. Yes. Uh, you know, and the, those types of things. There, there's ways that we can do better as a community to help their family because I think you're right. I think there's a lot of isolation when they see those types of things and a lot of withdrawing, and then when the, those um, substance abuses happen or the anger happens, it just drives a a bigger wedge between themselves and the community, themselves and their family. And what I'm learning from uh, Blue Dragon Consultants is just the the widespread nature of that. You know, you you assume that they're going to experience some of those things. And we don't want to have the attitude or, or the misunderstanding that that's who's protecting and serving us. I mean, right. we, it's, a, it's a percentage out there. But we can't afford to leave any of them behind, right? right. We can't afford to let people slip through the cracks because they're, they, they, we owe them more than that for right. being willing to take the role that they did in our community. Well, we need to incorporate uh, law enforcement back into the community as much as we can. Yes. And, and that includes taking a realistic look at attitudes uh, involving minorities, women, uh, uh, the community problems, poverty, a lot of those things. So there's nothing wrong with incorporating those views. And, you know, one of the things that, that I think is critical is we need to bring more people into law enforcement from other, other uh, parts of society that would assist them in feeling like they're represented and that's something that the police departments can do, and there's lots of recruitment issues. I, when I first started practicing law, which was 37 years oh, ago, wow. there were very few women who were in law enforcement. Now, they were in administrative staff positions. They were in uh, administrative positions, records, those sorts of things. But actually, out on the street, not very many. And that's radically changed. 
It really has, and I, I met a, a, a very interesting woman not too long ago. And, and when we get back, we're going to go uh, take a break and listen to a handful of our sponsors. And when we get back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Are you enjoying this interview as much as I am? You're going to learn even more about the Blue Dragon International Consultants after these messages. The American business economy is positioned as it has never been before. Professional videography is a core element for attracting a higher level of engagement with the people group you need for significant impact. Now is your time to shine. My name is Bill Brock, owner of White Rock Films, and I invite you to a powerful opportunity in the marketplace, an opportunity to draw excited people to your events, an opportunity to showcase your ideas on infrastructure, an opportunity to become known as the industry authority and enjoy the associated benefits of a strong, influential brand. Video highlights, video teaches, video puts a resistant market at ease, and video stirs the hearts and imaginations of your allies and strategic client base. White Rock Films offers full audio, video production for businesses ready to embrace the future, handling your project with professionalism, experience, and polish unheard of in the industry. My name is Bill Brock, and White Rock Films wants your business. See us online at whiterockfilms.com. Experience the zeal difference. It's my favorite beverage. I never thought nutrition could taste so good. I know it's why I feel the best I've ever felt. Wouldn't start my day without this beverage. Every once in a while, a product comes along that's so innovative, it has the ability to shake up how we feel about nutrition. You're about to be introduced to a one-of-a-kind nutritional powerhouse. It's scientifically formulated and backed by a landmark clinical trial. This wellness product has created a movement that has already generated over $300 million in sales. It continues to change lives, create a thirst in people to be healthier, and is inspiring generations in ways other beverages simply do not. It's called Zeal, and thousands of people worldwide, just like you, appreciate that it takes the guesswork out of nutrition and why it's loved by so many. If you don't experience the Zeal difference in 30 days, we'll refund your money. Join us in this movement and experience the Zeal difference. Active killer shootings are no longer happening somewhere else. What would we do without a solid police force we can count on? Blue Dragon International Consultants are here to support our first responders as they support the communities they serve. Show your support for our men and women in blue, August 30th to 31st, 2018, Thursday and Friday before Labor Day weekend, right here in DFW. Blue Dragon presents Developing a Bulletproof Mind and Bulletproof Heart. Two days to discover the most effective ways to respond to school and church shootings, ISIS threats, transnational gangs, and emotional recovery post-trauma. Retired Navy SEALs, FBI, Crime Commission advocates, heads of homicide and violent gang units, high-ranking commissioned military officers, and retired police sergeants. These men are the best of the best, with multiple decades of experience protecting us in our homeland and abroad. And they're making sure the skills and techniques your officers have save lives and protect communities. If your small business backs the blue, go to BDIC.net to discover critical ways you can support our first responders with your product or services, and be included in the coveted Founder Circle as this training makes its way across the country. Go to BDIC.net and register for a conference near you today. 
and we're back. You're watching Offbeat Business TV and listening to the Offbeat Business Show on OBBM Radio Dallas and the Offbeat Business Podcast Network. I'm talking with Mark Jones, one of the consultants in Blue Dragon International Consultants, doing a, a fabulous job of reaching out to our first responder community, uh, especially for this two-day conference, August 30th and 31st and then again in Wichita in October. Uh, one of the things I love about this conference is how careful you were to pick the dates, Thursday and Friday, making it easier for the officers to attend. And right before we went to break, we started talking about there not being a whole lot of, of women in, uh, in, in the officer roles and that that's, that's changing a little bit now? Yeah, what I've found, and I, I do a lot of consulting with mm -hmm. police departments and police uh, uh, recruitment, and uh, we have seen a radical change. And, and frankly, it's, it's been great because we've gotten uh, many uh, people in law enforcement, uh, we've gotten some diversity that has helped us in the communities uh, as a prosecutor, I used to go to all the community meetings, and uh, you know, it it it's really therapeutic and cathartic for people to see uh, people in law enforcement or in the prosecutor's office who look like you do, mm -hmm. and in the community, that's critical. Uh, we're going to be talking about a variety of things. I'm a lawyer, practicing lawyer, and so my talk is going to be on the law, and it's going to be talking about. Uh, Section 1983 liability and what happens in uh, not just police shootings, but issues of force. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the post-traumatic stress issues that supervisors see so that you can identify them. And then uh, the last uh, part of it, I'm going to talk about things that you can do as a department, as supervisors, mm -hmm to help address some of the basic issues in post-traumatic stress, not only identifying it, but what do you do about it? And uh, just as, as a spoiler alert is, uh, for example, uh, I encourage police officers and supervisors to take every day of vacation they can and not, not, be, allowed, not be allowed to accumulate it because really you need to de-stress. Mm -hmm. You need to do that and what you do about it and uh, what you do about issues. And so we're also hoping to be a resource for law enforcement uh, to help them network in the areas where they can get help. And whether it's a psychologist, psychiatrist, a counselor, pastor, rabbi, whoever it is, but to be able to get the help and uh, encourage people in the uh, FOP and other places to coordinate with the government uh, entity that they work for to help get people help, to help them get to the right place they need to be um, and not have any consequences of asking for help. And what that does is it provides opportunity to have better trained, articulate, intelligent, and healthy police officers on the street to serve us. I think that's interesting. I've been exposed to two amazing women uh, in my life. One was only the fourth female detective ever right. in the United States of America. That happens to be somebody that, wow. uh, that I knew rather well. 
and I knew her entire family. And I, and I know that what, when she, um, what, what precipitated the whole thing was a trauma. There was a, right. there was a rape in her home, and the, the children were home. And the husband blamed her for that. She'd been stalked, and so their marriage dissolved. And it, was, uh, it caused her to go into the forest, and, and just she fell in love with it. She fell in love with the people on the street. She wanted to take care of everybody. And in the process, we had a hard time going back home and dealing with her own family. Is she, and yeah. I, and I, I hear from the Blue Dragon International consultants that you are very familiar with this, that all the history of you gentlemen uh, and the stories that you tell, this is not uncommon, male or female, to become part of that community on such a level that it's hard then to turn that off right. when you are with your own family. Right, and and that's what what we've seen is that is that you really can't turn it off. You may want to turn it off, but how do you go from being at a homicide scene, for example, or at an abuse and neglect scene, and then get in your car, drive home, and walk in and say, "Hi, honey, how was your day? Uh, it was fine." After you see someone who's dead on the street or who's suffering from a drug overdose or is in a serious car accident or domestic violence. Um, I remember, uh, and as a prosecutor, uh, I, I'm, not in law I'm not a law enforcement officer, but uh, we used to serve up there, we would serve about 1,000 warrants a year. And in the serving the warrants, drug houses and other things, we would go in, they would kick the doors in, and I'd be there to help them with search and seizure issues occasionally. And I remember having a, a little boy come and grab my leg and say, don't hurt my mommy. And the officers had her on the ground. She was a drug user. This poor little kid, probably three and a half, four years old, right. is in needles and the bathrooms oh, don't work and there's guns and knives and drugs and your heart goes out and you wonder, um, what chance does this child have? And, uh, and she's addicted and she's having problems. And so we need to reach out. Um, up in Kansas City in Jackson County, we have drug court. We have a variety of things. And we're, we're actually trying to move through and get people help at the same time enforce the law. And so as a prosecutor, that's what I did. Now as a defense attorney, I do some defense work. And I also work in civil litigation involving violations of Section 1983 Civil Rights, uh, and we try to resolve issues and try to get uh, our situations back to normal, get the, get the officers back in the home, get them back to work if they're able to go back to work, and have a restorative justice, not just a catchphrase, but trying to do those things. And one of those aspects of restorative justice is training for the police officers. Mm -mm -mm. Well, that hits, hits home with me because I believe restorative justice. I, I love the, the, the way that sounds because I think most of us would agree that corrections, we, when we call it the Department of Corrections, we would not think it really is, that it really yeah. doesn't do that. Mo most places not it's not a corrections place. Right. It's, you know, it's people wonder when we put people, and by the way, I... As a prosecutor, put a number of people in prison mm -hmm. and a few on death row. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do. But it's also uh, a situation where you want to 
make our communities safer. Uh, I, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's, that's, that's just it. Our attitude about law right now is right. not making our communities right. safer. Because eventually, uh, inmates are going to come out. They, they don't stay in there forever. Right. And then the officers need to be able to respond and deal because when they go into it, to, up to an address or they're stopping a car and they realize somebody right. in there has this record, they know that usually before they come up to, uh, you know, to meet this person. Well, and hopefully. Well, you're right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that is, a, except, I mean, what a, what a mess our, uh, the community is in if we don't have a restorative justice attitude, if we don't look at it all the way around, is how can we have better conversations? Because our officers aren't safer doing what we've been doing. Right. And our communities are not safer if we're not uh, finding ways for an ex-offender to go through their treatment as well and yes. then go get become employed and have a place to stay and, a pla and a, a, their own location. Where do you think they are? They're getting into more trouble if they're not, which yeah. an officer then has to deal with too. Now, I think, I think the question is, is do we fix the blame or do we fix the problem? Mm. And, and what we want to do is have the most trained, articulate, intelligent, healthy police officers, sheriff's officers, corrections officers uh, that we can to help the first responders. And uh, I was uh, in the firefighters union as yeah. a prosecutor, and so I knew a lot of firefighters. And they also see tremendously uh, difficult things. And many of our brothers and sisters who have served in the armed forces in Afghanistan and Iraq and other places come out of this. And, and as a community, we need to be a therapeutic community that helps people, not because uh, we're weak, but because we're strong, mm. because we want people to come back to the community. We want them to be part of the community because whether you like it or not, they're going to be part of your community. Yes. And that's what you want. You want to be uh, uh, restorative in everything that we do. And this isn't about a restorative justice, but it is about keeping uh, our officers uh, trained and networked together because we really are a band of brothers and sisters. If you uh, allow me to take Shakespeare uh, literally and uh, that's what it's about. And we have a world-class group of people in law enforcement uh, coming to do this seminar. Uh, frankly, the best people I've ever seen in 37 years wow. all together. And uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity, uh, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be part of it. I'm going to speak about the law and some other issues on post-traumatic stress, but uh, I can assure everyone out there that, you know, get your law enforcement officers involved Get them there, help sponsor them if that's what it takes. And oh, by the way, please come. <laughs> you know, yes. all the people in the community, it's like, and yes. we get some calls yes. about, yeah. well, should we, have, should we have the wives come? Heck yes. Mm -hmm. Bring them. Bring, bring em. whoever it is. It's probably not going to be for kids, little kids, mm -hmm. but bring them. Uh, come in here, ask questions, network with other people. Uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful experience. It's going to be. Really, it's going to be a party of people who are devoted to serving others. Oh, and I think that's very, very true. You're yeah. going to find a, a patriotic group of people that 
loves their nation, loves their community, loves their family, loves their officers, and wants to know how we could do a better job. Yep. And I'm really excited about the types of the information you're going to be able to share. It's going to make a huge, huge difference, Mark. And I'm excited. Oh, thank you so thank much. You Friends, you can find that information at bdic.net. Make sure you go and take a look at what you can do. You may have a business that supports an officer or supports this initiative. Make sure we know about it. You can find all of this information accompanying this video and this audio. We thank you for your time today. You've been watching Offbeat Business TV and listening to the Offbeat Business Show on OBBM Radio. You've been listening to the Offbeat Business Show. Find our lineup, podcast, magazine, event calendar, and sponsor information, even our membership directory, all available on the Offbeat Business app or at offbeatbusiness.com. Download the Offbeat Business app today. Wouldn't it be great to skip mistakes that cost you time, frustration, and not throw money away? My name is Donna Merrill, founder of Business Untangled and the creator of the Making Life Less Taxing program. I find over 75% of business owners are making basic mistakes that cost them thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars every year, and they don't even realize it. With the Making Life Less Taxing program, you can avoid many of those initial mistakes business owners typically make. I'm excited to share the Making Life Less Taxing program so you can learn everything you absolutely need to know to make your business run smoother and life less taxing, giving you less stress and leaving more money in your pocket. Go now to businessuntangled.com or call us at 469-458-0447 to grab your spot in the Making Life Less Taxing program. There are only 50 of these coveted spots available and they are going quickly. So go now to businessuntangled.com and you can start enjoying the benefits of a profitable business today. You do your best to communicate how your company solves a specific problem, right? But it's easy to overlook the way your company sounds and the impression that leaves. I'm Melanie Murphy, a professional voice actor, and I'm ready to help your message stand out through a radio ad, a video on your website, or phone messaging for your company. Contact me today at MelanieMurphyVO.com to discuss your voiceover needs. That's MelanieMurphyVO.com. Mention this ad for an offbeat business show discount.